the Owlcast, the official podcast of ACS Athens. Listen to the exciting story of the American Community Schools of Athens. Check out what drives all the members of our international community of learners as we create the education of the future. Here's John Papadakis. Welcome to another episode of the ACS Athens Outcast. The International Baccalaureate has been a staple academic program of the international schools. ACS Athens introduced IB as an academic option in the mid-70s, long before it became the international standard for admission in universities around the world. Throughout the years, in combination with the advanced placement courses, the IB courses enhanced the academic offerings of the school that students could choose from as they aspire to develop a more rounded approach to their academic portfolio. This year, Mark McGowan joined ACS Athens as its new IB AP Programs Director. This is not his first time in Athens. He has served at another Athenian school before, but as most international educators, he has traveled around the world in the international school circuit, building expertise and global academic perspectives. He has held various leadership positions, including TOK coordinator and head of English at the International School of Brussels and BTEC coordinator at the Jess School in Dubai. In 2019, he obtained a Certificate of International School Leadership from the Principal's Training Center in London. An avid reader, sports fan, and supporter of the arts, Mr. McGowan also enjoys traveling, swimming, cycling, and spending time with his family. With Mark McGowan, we discuss creative writing while living in Greece, the International Baccalaureate as an academic option and not as the only choice, the IB as the door to high-level thinking and better college placement. Is the current system of preparing students for college optimal and what is the alternative? What is the value of certain keystone courses like the theory of knowledge? Connecting the dots of knowledge by engaging in provocative topics of discussion. Preparing students to enjoy life, to think and feel. The IB as a bridge between school systems and the global discussion about the future of education and the trend towards project-based learning. You arrived at ACS Athens this past summer, but this has not been your first posting outside the U.S. What path have you followed before you reached our school? Actually, I began my teaching career abroad um, in Greece, in Athens. I was working at uh, a Greek private school, the I am Paniatopoulos School, where I was introduced to the IB program. That's where I began teaching in the IB program. I worked there for four years, and then an opportunity arose to go to Brussels. Um, so we moved to Brussels, and I spent 16 years there, where I worked for two years in a Scandinavian school, again, in their IB program. And then I worked at the International School of Brussels for 14 years. After all that time, um, and throughout the time, I had been thinking of uh, moving somewhere else to use my career to see the world, really, um, and travel with the IB program. Um, after 16 years, I went to Dubai, um, and uh, I spent two years there. Unfortunately, it fell during the, the pandemic, and um, 
it wasn't um, conducive to traveling and, and a lot of other things developed. And we as a family felt the need to return uh, to, to Europe. And this opportunity came, arose at ACS and I jumped at it. So strangely, surreptitiously, I arrived back in Greece, which I didn't expect, but I'm happy to be here. Your academic credentials in uh, creative writing and communications uh, must have served you well with the school communities you have been working with. How do you feel your studies prepared you for your role as the IB coordinator? Well, I think they first prepared me for my teaching. Um, I began teaching English, and at the time it was more uh, English literature, but then I, I did teach the language and literature courses. So the creative writing part, I think, helped me a lot in teaching uh, writing in particular, not creative writing, but more analytical writing. Um, and then the language and literature course, or my communications degree, which had a lot to do with uh, identifying audience and um, creator and text, um, helped me quite a bit in teaching actually TOK as well as language and literature. So once... Um, I got involved in the teaching aspect of it as far as my studies were concerned. I think that's what taught me a lot about the program in general. Um, I began working with the IB as far as becoming an examiner and do, leading workshops. And all of these experiences helped me understand the program, but understand how people work as well and how, how departments work together. Um, and I think all of those... It's a, it was a mixture, not just of my studies, but my experiences. Um, I do tend to believe that experience is more valuable um, than education. With your creative writing studies, mm -hmm. um, I would expect you trying to find opportunities to do some creative writing, especially in Greece. Uh, we know people that have done this and they are looking at the first opportunity to go to an island or to <laughs> go to a place where they have a nice view to, to write. Is this something that is in your plans or it hasn't happened yet? Let me put it this way. Um, I've always written since I was in university in my free time all the time, wherever I was. The problem is I haven't published very much simply because it's not good enough uh, to be published, uh, at least the, the creative part. I wanted to write short stories. I had ideas of writing a novel. So when I was in Chicago, after I finished my master's degree, I was trying to write as much as possible. Um, even coming to Greece the first time was more it wasn't the idyllic cliche, you know, go to a Greek island and become a writer. It was actually to gain more perspective, to gain more life experience in a different culture and a different part of the world. Um, because I'm very much a city person. I, I prefer Athens. You know, I prefer to be with the people. Um, so over time, what I have done, uh, because it wasn't more the fiction aspect that I was interested in as far as coming to fruition, I was able to write articles on projects I've worked on, teaching experiences I've had, and I co-authored um, an English B textbook. Um, I've written a few sports articles um, for friends um, because I, I'm, a, I'm a big sports fan. So I, I've, I looked for opportunities. Even when I was living in Athens before, you know, I would participate in the Athens News short story contest, anything I could do just because I liked it, I like it. And I still look for those opportunities and welcome them. But 
it, it just uh, has to um, sort of fit in with the rest of my schedule. Mm -hmm. The International Baccalaureate mm -hmm. is the most sought after diploma in the international schools community. Mm -hmm. uh, at ACS Athens, IB has been in our academic options uh, for our students since the mid 70s, but it has always remained that an option. Um, not everyone is obliged to go into IB in order to graduate, tell it in different words. Why should a student choose this route of studies? And is it for everyone? Well, first, I'll start with the second question first. I don't think it's for everyone, and I, I certainly believe in choice. Um, so I think students, and we try to, I try to communicate that here at the school to students that think about what you'd like to do and where you'd like to study and the options you'd like to keep open, um, but mostly what you're really interested in. And if this program fits that, that's fine. Um, but if it doesn't, that's just as fine. But as far as Who's this program for? Obviously, you can take courses in the International Baccalaureate or the full diploma. Um, I'll start by saying why I like the International Baccalaureate program. From the programs I've been involved in um, or had exposure to, I believe in it because I think it teaches the students how to think. I think from all the programs I've seen, it's the one that prepares students to think um, and also be uh, try to make connections between subjects, be culturally aware, even the CAS um, aspect to it, the theory of knowledge and the extended essay. They're very well prepared for university, but I think more importantly, they ask them to think and explain why things are the way they are. The exam system is like that um, as well. It's not just a regurgitation of facts they must apply their knowledge. So um, it's the interdisciplinary approach. There's that. And I think just the assessment of the students, it changes over time, sometimes with success or not. But compared to other assessments, I do think that they, they try to find new ways for the students to apply their knowledge. And that's the best you can do. It's not perfect. So that's why I think that it's a high level of education. And I think it opens a lot of doors nowadays whether you're going to the United States or the United Kingdom or anywhere in Europe or elsewhere in the world, the IB is recognized. So on the one hand, if you did the full program, you would be assured that you wouldn't have to make up any extra requirements or not be rejected from any specific country, generally speaking. Um, so that's one advantage for a student to take it. But I think uh, the rigor um, if someone enjoys that, the academic rigor, the opportunity to engage in um, high-level thinking as far as a theory of knowledge class is concerned or um, integrating uh, interdisciplinary uh, subjects for that type of student, that's who I would recommend it to. And how would you respond to the criticism that IB is just another way to standardize academic aptitude that serves the colleges? I would say that any system is a standardization and you can't avoid that. And so what you try to find is the, the best of the worst, if you will. The reality is that universities exist and there are some criteria to get into that university and to succeed at that university. So you somehow have to be prepared for that. Otherwise you have to change the university system. And so if that's a reality, you try to uh, have a system, if you will, an educational program that suits you, 
but that is nimble enough, that's flexible enough to attend to various needs in various ways, which I think the IB does try to do. But if I wanted to offer a counter argument to those who who want to throw out all sorts of system and give free choice and be creative, and I think, okay, that's fine, but tell me what that looks like. And if you've ever tried it and you've ever tried to create um, an educational system from zero, you would understand how difficult it is to be consistent and to have vertical and horizontal alignment within your school and feel that you're making students capable of being successful in the world, not just at university. So yes, as I said, I do think it teaches students to think. I think it it pushes them to answer the question, why um, did these conflicts arise? Um, why do people think the way they do? And that is is quite valuable in itself. I think that there's knowledge for knowledge's sake, whereas I've seen other programs, which it, it is, multiple choice tests or just, you know, very strict timed test. So there you are. You have a long career around the IB program as an examiner. You've been involved in curriculum design and also as an instructor. Uh, One of the most intriguing topics, and you mentioned it before uh, in IB, is the TOK, the Mm -hmm. theory of knowledge, which I believe you have taught. Mm -hmm. Um, In my discussions with TOK instructors in the past and students who took it, they all rave on its merits and the way it opens minds. How would you describe the activities of the particular class? What has been your experience? This is my favorite class, and it's made me a better teacher. Um, It's made me a better thinker in person, I would say. But as far as the activities are concerned, it's it's basically the way I teach. Um, Everyone's a bit different, but what I like about it is that you can apply knowledge to real-life situations. So what I try to do with students is give them real-life situations and then extract from that situation what is the knowledge at play here? Who created it? How is it received, for example? And what does its communication or how we define knowledge, what does it depend on? Um, And when TOK really works, when it becomes really exciting that I've seen with teenagers, you're talking about topics that matter, such as capital punishment, um, euthanasia. Um, When should a country become militarily involved in another country? These are serious topics. Very provocative. And they love it. And yet you talk about it in not your politics or your personal choice, but what are the intellectual arguments? What are the ethics behind it? Why do certain people feel that one solution is better than another? We examine that, we look at the historical precedent, we look at context, and that not every culture agrees with every other culture on specific issues for specific reasons. And that's the really fascinating part. And I find that the students love it. And I think that that's the best preparation for them to become adults, because what we've been talking about today and what I believe in, I'm not preparing students for university. That's a a formality. I know they'll be well-prepared for university. I want them to enjoy life. I want them to think and feel and be productive, you know, productive in the sense, good citizens, you know, but it's really up to them. Mm -hmm. Uh, But you try to impart some of those ideas and send them on their way and allow them the choice to choose the path they want. But so it's really much more for me than just about 
academics or university. Um, you you give I, them the intellectual tools to choose in a sense. Yes, and to feel and to think and become their own person. I feel that that's a large part of education and there's room for that within the IB, probably any system. It's up to teachers, it's up to all of us to accentuate that because you talk about, you, you raise the question about standardized tests and exams. Yes, there are exams and I always tell my students, you'll be fine, but there's a lot that we can talk about and learn mm -hmm. that won't appear on the exam, but it's exciting and it's good to know. and you'll be fine, but the good thing is you'll leave here with a lot more and we can have some fun in the, in the process. Mm -hmm. You are listening to The Owlcast, the official podcast of ACS Athens. We are talking with Mark McGowan, director of the IB and AP programs at ACS Athens. Mark joined the school recently and shares with us his insights about the IB, the future of education, and his transition to a new environment. Uh, some say that the IB was created as a bridge between the European education system and the American education system. Do you agree with this? To a degree. I mean, I can't speak very well on the American uh, education system. Obviously, I went through it. Uh, I just don't know how it's developed over time. I know that, you know, we could look at the AP system, we could look at choice, but how different schools handle that and what they teach um, could be varied. And yet, the, it is geared, just an American system is, is geared to an American university system as well. As far as I can see from the European system, when I look at the A-levels and the French baccalaureate, I see much more of a combination between those two, where I feel that the baccalaureate, which did you know, originate um, in Switzerland, that they drew from the best parts of both. Because if you look at some of the exams for the A-levels, there are some common assessments and yet they have the, uh, even the theory of knowledge course is more like, a, I forget what it's called in the French system, but their philosophy course, the questions they ask on the exams are very similar to the essay questions that are asked in the theory of knowledge course. And I just see a large bridge between those two cultures and those two histories um, than the American. Yet I feel that it draws on best practices worldwide. I, I do think that because the IB every seven years um, changes the syllabus for each course, I think they examine the world and other systems and they, they take what's best and try to incorporate it into their own. In Europe, uh, as we are talking about it, uh, we have the national education systems, the French, the German, mm -hmm. the Greek, um, dictated and regulated by a ministry of education of each country. In the U.S., we have the individual school boards mm -hmm. of each state, of each county, and uh, with an overseeing capacity of the federal government that acts as a catalyst for changes in the curriculum material and as a leverage to promote uh, certain policies in the local communities. In other countries, not in Europe, not in the States, there is a great variety of mentalities when it comes to secondary education. How does an American school, which has an American high school diploma 
as its benchmark, which also offers the IB program and prepares students to follow their college of choice in the US or Europe or anywhere else for that matter. How does this school attract students to its IB program? What are some points that you may make uh, when parents and their children visit you or talk to you and they try to decide what's next for them in high school after grade 10? My answer to your question would be the same whether I was talking about the IB program or what I would like to hope is also the approach and I think is the approach of ACS in that you said quite a, quite a lot there and you can't cover everything. So what you try to do within the IB or within a good educational system is teach students the skills and the concepts that are valuable to them to succeed in the most, in the most varied sense of situations or situations, I should say, it's more correct. And what do I mean by that? Is that you need to write, you, but you need to write in a way that you can express yourself in a structured way, but perhaps in a variety of situations. And it wouldn't really matter which question I would ask you. So I don't have to think that this is conducive to one country or one um, educational system. This is good writing. In our opinion, this is good thinking. This is good science. This is good math. We'll do the best we can for you. And we feel that you would be successful whether you went to the United States, whether you went to the United Kingdom, whether you went to the Netherlands. And I feel that the IB has that level within it. And I feel ACS can offer that. Whereas you said, it can be a national system. You say, well, this is how we do it in Germany. It can be small school boards. This is how we do it in America. And we can say, well, we're not going to do it exactly like that, but I can guarantee you by the time you leave our classes, you will be equal to everyone else as far as your ability to comprehend, to respond, and to perform in a variety of situations. I'm sure you have had several discussions in your career about the future of education as it is shaping up to be with educational technology at the forefront of the discussion, especially now with COVID, the discourse has intensified. The schools around the world made a conscious effort to find new instructional modalities and online learning became a necessary tool, especially during the lockdowns. How do you envision the future of education? What can we foresee at the point where we are? Although everyone seems anxious for the end of the pandemic where classrooms go back to normal operation? Yes, that's a very difficult question to answer. And I think everyone needs to take their time um, because people are quick to jump to, and people always sort of prognosticate and say, well, it's all, everything's going to be online. They just say that immediately. When we know on the ground that students and people like to be with other people, it, it, that's my opinion anyway. I love being in classrooms with students. I love working with my colleagues face-to-face, -face, and I think a lot of people do. Yet the reality is that with the evolution of technology and what we've seen from the pandemic, and because there are different tastes, the hybrid um, solution of offering certain lessons, certain materials online will be available. How far an institution or an individual might like to take that maybe a matter of choice rather than something that becomes standardized. I think it's going to, there's going to be a lot of trial and error as far as that's concerned. But as far as other movements in education, which you mentioned, and again, we'll see 
what I hear and what I, what I think is a movement away from exams. I see a movement away from SATs, for example, in the United States. So you'd think, well, what are you looking for? What would be the requirements for university entrance just as a very simple factor? But what I liked about the IB, and I think that they got away from recently, is there used to be a variety of assessment. And I always believed as a teacher and what I was, I picked it up from educational conversations is that you need to see what student strengths are. <clears throat> so you need to give them several opportunities. Some are very good orally and some are very good in writing. Some are very good at creative writing. Some are very good at analytical writing. So you think, okay, I need to give assessments then some that are creative writing, some that are analytical writing, some that are writing that you do at home, some that are writing that you do in exams, some that it's oral, some that's um, prescri a prescribed topic, and some that you choose your own. And therefore, I'll have a, a portfolio. And using that word portfolio, I wouldn't be surprised if portfolios become more um, requirements in education. You do that in, in the visual arts, for example, but I could see that happening in all subjects. This is a portfolio of what I've done over the last two years in physics. This is some experiments. These are some papers I've written. Um, these are some interviews I've con conducted. These are some projects I've worked on. I could see that happening in, in the future because I see some movement toward project-based learning this sort of need for cooperation, creativity. These are the concepts I hear. These are the terms I hear. It's just hard to for organizations like the IB and any other to incorporate it quickly into their curriculum. But teachers can play with it. Schools can play with it. And I do think it's because education evolves. I think it could move in that direction. You have been at our school for a full semester now. How would you describe your adjustment with a community of ACS Athens? What's been surprising, and um, maybe it's my age, and my experience is it's been seamless. Um, it's been very smooth. Um, I don't know what I expected uh, because it was a bit of a whirlwind. Uh, uh, gaining the position in June and 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 relocating to to Athens in July and starting school in August. Yet I think the factor that made everything easy are the people that work here, and I've said this to them uh, specifically are very easy to work with. They're very comfortable with themselves. Um, I don't see a lot of uh, ego here where people feel the need to uh, show you their, their territory or tell you who's the boss. And I, for me, that's the best environment and that helps me work easily. So I feel that I've had the space to get comfortable and just integrate myself in my own way. And, I, and it's really been seamless and I think Another reason is that there's a lot of cooperation here. There's a lot of teamwork. We have you know, meetings on a weekly basis where everyone expresses their opinion. And so we're all on the same page and we move forward. And when we make mistakes, we reflect upon them. So that all of those factors has made it easy for me to adjust. And it's surprising, really. I, you know, There's a lot for me to learn. And I learn every day mm -hmm. new things. And I make mistakes every day. But um, I'm comfortable. I feel comfortable and I feel like uh, the people that I work with here and I are see eye to eye on a lot mm -hmm. of issues. What would you say are the main differences, if any, of the student community in your previous schools and those here at ACS? Yes, well, the, at ACS, there is a large Greek community here. And 
<clears throat> that's different than some of the other schools I've worked at, the international school of Brussels in particular, because there was a, a wider variety of students from various countries. Um, so you do have that um, aspect here. That would probably be it in a sense, because I do find worldwide, obviously you see the structural and the logistical differences. It sounds cliche, but teenagers are teenagers. Um, you have good kids here. There are good kids everywhere. And I suppose there are good kids if you're a good, <laughs> if you're a good person, you'll find a, a good student. Um, but if you're negative, you might find a negative student also. But what I want to say is that 16, 17, 18 year olds that I'm very familiar with and comfortable with, I like, and I like them here as well as I like them in Brussels or Dubai. Um, so I don't see a large difference there. The student populations that I've worked with um, also were more transitory in other schools. So there would, you know, students would be there for two or three years and move on and they'd come and they'd have lived in six different countries. You have a little bit of that here, but that was the majority in um, some of the other schools I've worked at. To be honest, those are superficial differences. Because I, I was going to say, because you're looking at the yeah. academics uh, of the last three, four grades, yeah. Yeah. you know, elementary school and middle school, there is more diversity there. Mm -hmm. uh, but I can see your point. I can see how you see it. Um, if there is one thing to know about you, something that either defines you or you'd want people to know about you that isn't immediately evident, what would that be? That's a difficult question. Um, I thought it was going to be the easy one. <laughs> <laughs> I think that um, what I know about myself that maybe not be expressed to other people is I try to be better at my job every single day, but I also try to be a better person every day. I reflect a lot on my mistakes and I try to get the best out of others. And I don't mean that. Uh, in a way like that's my responsibility, but I enjoy teaching. I enjoy working with other people. And if I can contribute, people may feel that, but it really comes back to me feeling, I know I can be better every day. And it's not being a perfectionist. It's just a joy of learning and trying to um, improve, but also as a person, not just in, in a profession. Mr. McGowan, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. You are listening to The Owlcast, the official podcast of ACS Athens. Make sure you subscribe to The Owlcast on Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. This has been a production of the ACS Athens Media Studio.